Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today we have Guru Tej Khalsa. And for over 40 years, Guru Tej has been living her destiny and continues to awaken the spirit of all she touches. As one of Yogi Bhajan's original students, Guru Tej emerged as a founding practitioner of Kundalini. Through his instruction and spiritual guidance, Guru Tej is now considered a foremost authority on Kundalini Yoga and internationally recognized as one of a handful of Kundalini's yoga masters. As a prolific writer, Guru Tej is an author of three very popular books. And when she's not traveling the world and teaching, she can be found at the Blessing Center in the Beverly Hills area. You can also enjoy her blog and suite of online books, programs, classes, or products at gurutej.com. And Guru Tej and I have been friends for a few years. She's one of those people who radiates pure energy and love. She's been there and back and has found some incredible tools she teaches that helps others heal from all types of trauma. She also shows us how resilient we are and how life continually gives us opportunities to learn and grow. I can't wait to share her with you. So I am so excited to speak with you, my friend Guru Tej. I know we have a very exciting conversation in store. How are you? I am great and really grateful to be here too. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to our chat. So tell me, I remember when we spoke, we spoke briefly and we just got into so many topics really about betrayal, about death and rebirth, about why, why soul contracts. We spoke about a lot of things. So Well, let's just start with betrayal. How do you define it? What do you see it as? You know, when I went through what I consider a betrayal at the time in my life, like a big one, I just all of a sudden woke up one day and I went, I don't want to be on the B tray. I want to be on the A tray, the B tray, you know, (laughs) it's like, don't want to be down on that tray. And so what I define betrayal as, as something we think should have, could have, you know, would have happened and it didn't happen that way or something that was and all of a sudden it wasn't anymore and we feel like someone else did it to us on purpose and oftentimes it's just our view master and other times it's like something that comes in front of us so that we get to realize that challenges always can lead to amazing transformation. And it's just the direction we want to transform into. And I know you have deep experience with this. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, I've had the perfect life. I've never had anything that's (laughs) happened with this at all. No. No. (laughs) So can you share a little bit about, if you're okay with it, share a little bit about why you have such deep understanding about this topic? Well, two things I want to share is one thing about, yes, I've had a lot of interesting situations in my life. But two is I have a practice and I've collected a lot of really great tools that I want to share today too, because it's not that we don't have betrayals in our life. It's what we do with them. And, you know, what you think of as a really huge betrayal to somebody else can be hardly on the scale, right? So, yes, I mean, I had an arranged marriage and it was to someone who was a narcissist and violent and we were running a spiritual community, (laughs) you know, so you got to like really get to work on the spirit. Mm. You know, I got to be a single mom 
I got to have my kids tell me, you know, what a terrible job that I had done. And I was with somebody who I thought we would be together forever and ever and ever and ever. And totally a, a deep soul connection. And that didn't land up being true. I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on and on. And then there's things that we feel are betrayals that have nothing to do with us whatsoever. Like what? Can you give an example? Well, when somebody you love dies, it feels like, how could you do that to me? And that's nothing to do with you. It's their journey. But, you know, that's a really big one. Even if somebody leaves you, it's 99% of the time not about you. It's about their journey and where they're going. And it's like, oh, my God. One of the hardest mantras that I think anybody ever learns is it's two things. Don't take it personally. And it's not about you. And to understand betrayal, we have to take it personally, but then we get to unwind the layers of that. Yeah. And so for you to be able to unwind it, because from the other side, yes, you could say, okay, it's not about me and whatever, but when you're going through it, it feels so about you. So what did you do? I mean, how did you make sense and make meaning out of it? Well, each one was different because I was at a different stage of my life. But I think the one that was the biggest teacher to me was my daughter's journey when she got sick as a mother. Uh, my daughter had CLL, uh, chronic lymphatic leukemia, and it was very, very virulent. It wasn't like older white men who get it. It's really slow moving. They don't even do anything about it. So as a mother, all I wanted to do was go and take care of her. As a human, all she wanted to do was to figure it out on her own. And, you know, she was an intelligent, very intelligent. I mean, she finished high school at 16, college at 20, you know, just, I mean, and she had very intelligent people around her supporting her. She was in med school at the time. She was, you know, she did not want me running there and in quotes, saving her. And as a mother, it was kind of like, oh, are you kidding me? I can't come and be with you. And I had to learn over and over and over and over on that journey. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about seeing this human being and realizing how can I support her in this journey in a way that she can accept, not in the way that I want to do it to you. Yeah. And I imagine only if you're in that position, do you know what that feels like? And I don't know what that feels like. But I, as a mother, I know you. all you want to do is help and do whatever you can. So did you have to physically stop yourself? I mean, what did you do to get to that point where you were able to understand that she wanted a different way and to honor her, her path? It was a continuous journey. I can't say I learned it once. And then it was kind of like, you know, I'd find myself in situations. The first one was when she told me that she had this. I was literally at the airport coming home from teaching in Europe. And I was getting my baggage and to have your child tell you that they have leukemia while you're at the baggage claim at LAX is like, but she had asked me to call her when I got back and she never asked that. So I was like, okay, this is important. So from that moment on, it was just checking myself and having friends even say, oh my God, you've got to go be with her. You can't pay attention to what she's saying. And so I had all these people that were giving me this input and I had to just really breathe and meditate and be with myself and hear the heart of what my daughter was saying and why this was so important 
for her to do this on her own, on her own terms, in her own way, in the way that she wanted it. And, you know, like even the last month of her life, she asked me, she said, you think that I made the right choices? And I was so grateful that at the time I said yes, because you made them from doing all the research you possibly could. And then you made the final decision from your heart. I mean, that was just grace. I could have said something totally stupid in that moment, you know. So we don't know how we're going to deal with these situations. You know, we can look at them and it's like if you find out you have cancer, you can say, yes, I'm going to do this. But when you find out, you don't know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with betrayal. We can look at the situation and go, I have no idea how I'm going to deal with this. And you don't even have a place in your head to put it most of the time. Like there's not a betrayal file. Like, oh, I'll just file this or that betrayal file and I'll deal with it, you know, in another century or whatever. It's like, no, it's on the front burner now. It takes over your life. You can't even believe that anything else has any oxygen to it, right? So how do you learn to, first of all, hear that inner voice and then trust it? Wow, that is such a good question because so many people have no idea what their intuition sounds like or what their heart sounds like or what their soul or essence voice sounds like. And it's just practice, I think. It's being tuned into your breath, meditating every day, quieting ourselves. You know, it's we're so busy being busy that we lose the capacity to hear our subtle parts of our being. And we were just talking about this right before we got started, how I flew home and I was in JFK. And before I knew it, everybody was honking and they just seemed so stressed and aggravated. And it seems like uh, that's just how so many of us are walking around. So how do you take that busy mind and quiet it? Personally, uh, for me, that's the reason why I journal And I try to meditate, but I journal because for me, I feel like I'm being productive. I'm meditating as I'm giving myself something to do. (laughs) So, you know, but how do you do that? How do you quiet Um, your mind? Well, I had a teacher who, you know, only gave us meditations for two and a half hours. So when you do something for two and a half hours, you actually get a pretty meditative mind. But I think that it's just every day showing up every day. I am a big believer in having an altar in your bedroom or in somewhere in your house that you can go sit in front of something that holds sacred things to you. You know, it doesn't matter if it's pictures of your children or a temple or whatever is sacred. And that that's really an important thing. You find out that every truly super successful person has the capacity to sit and get really quiet so that they can see the big picture and not be just distracted by the fires because there's always a fire burning, you know, there's Mm -hmm. always a fire. So I think that being able to be quiet and I, I don't do silent meditations for the most part. I do a lot of breath meditations. I do a lot of sound meditations, but they take you to the same place, which is quiet, you know? And I think that that's just every human being gets to, if they choose to, to figure out how, to get quiet because yeah. that's a place that we can hear each other from too. Absolutely. And that's where we can learn to speak heart to heart instead of brain to brain, which is, I think so many of us are coming from that place. Now, 
I know you you do a lot of processes and you teach a lot of processes. Is there one that, let's say with betrayal, that you feel is really helpful? I'm going to give you two. Okay. One is, we talked about the other day, which is sword dancing, is cutting cords. I mean, you can do it with your hands. When I say get a couple of big butcher knives or a couple of really good swords. So you, the reason, because steel is one of the hardest metals, right? And you watch how steel's forged. It's like, whoa, ever been to a steel mill or seen pictures? It's amazing, right? So you want that steel because it creates strength. And you want to just put on some fabulous drum or really primitive kind of dancing thing and dance. And probably not with a lot of other people around watching you, but just start cutting the cords. Just start cutting all the cords of the people who are leeching off of your being or who you have a connection with that you know is no longer serving you. Because as long as there's energetic lines coming into you, you're a feeding station. And we should only be feeding the people that we really want to feed until we're so expansive that we can feed the entire universe. Mm. Right. So just to sum that up, this is to cut the toxic ties. Is that the purpose of it? Yes. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I remember doing this. I didn't even know what I was doing. And I had this visual in my mind and it was of a rope. And you know how a rope has all the small little ties. And and I remember every time not reacting or not responding to the negativity of this person, I sort of felt like I was cutting just a little one of those ties, you know, one a little one of those strings to that rope. And and I guess in my own mind, without knowing what I was doing, it was it was kind of similar. I would suggest for those of you who instead of the steel knives, I can imagine it's very powerful. But if you're a little shaky or unsure about that, using your hands, would that work too? Yes, hands okay. definitely work. But you you know, you want to dance and use them like really all your fingers together really powerfully. And then at the end, whoever it is that you know that you're really releasing, you want to say, I release you to your own highest good. So you break that interlock that you have with that person, right? Mm. Because we set up all these interlocks and some of them really feed us and some of them do not. And the ones that do not, you want to just let it separate. And so that I found that that very simple prayer really helps a lot. Right. And what's someone supposed to feel after they do something like that? Usually a lot of relief, mm. you know, but you want to do it for at least three to five minutes. Okay. And which sounds like a lot, but think about all the things you do for three to five minutes. And I suggest that you do this for a series of days, right? Because sometimes it just brings up like how angry you are at this person or how whatever, right? So do it every day. There's a saying that 40 is a really big number on our planet. 40 weeks the child is inside the mother. 40 days is Lent, Ramadan. Uh, 40 years the Jews were in the desert. I mean, we're a 40. Six weeks, uh, Steiner's schools, all the, all the Waldorf schools run a six week. You study a subject for six weeks, then you take time off, you let it go into you. So yes, it's do it for 40 days. And if you do it for 40 consecutive days, you start to build a habit and not a habit of cutting everybody out of your life, but a habit of reclaiming your power, because that's really why you're doing this. You're not doing this to hurt anyone else. There's no hurt intended. It's just to clear your magnetic field, right? And let's say you do this for 40 days. Is it the kind of thing that you do this for 40 days and then what if you were to see the person you cut the ties to? I would absolutely venture that you will feel completely different about them. Mm. 
but wow. especially if you say that prayer at the end, I release you to your own highest good. I release you to your own highest good. That's wonderful. You're not talking to their head. You're not talking to them in person. You're talking to their essence. And you're saying, I release you to your own highest good. In other words, to your own highest good, but not connected into me. Right? That's wonderful. What's the other one? The other one is take a story that you're carrying around that you feel like you were betrayed with and write it down on a piece of paper. I love writing things down on prayer paper because it's made out of rice and it's non-toxic. And then... Read it back to yourself and then fold it up and take it outside and burn it. You can put it in a bowl. You can put it in a pot. And just, I highly suggest that you say a prayer over it before you burn it. But just, you're releasing it. You're changing forms. You know, aerovetically, when they ash something, then it has a completely different purpose. And then take those ashes once they, you know, cool down. And put them in a plant, recycle them, let it feed something that is, you know, bringing new life into something. Because betrayal usually feels like a death sentence of some kind. Something died, right? A trust died, a belief, a whatever it was, you know. So it's like, how do you transform that death into something that is much more vibrant and alive and hopeful and yeah. And I know you, you talk about the concept of death and rebirth. What does that mean to you? How does that happen? What does it look like? Well, I think that we have deaths and rebirths all the time in our life. And we get to choose whether we're reborn. I know two months before my daughter, we knew she was sick. I had an adopted daughter who also left her body. And so I had uh, somebody who's a therapist and was also my astrologer. And he said, you know, in whatever that book is that I know therapists have, he said, you know, if it's a partner or a child or a a sister, a brother, a friend, you're allowed one year to grieve. And after that, then you need to be medicated because you haven't, you know, you're not dealing with it. And I was kind of like, that's totally weird. He said, but as a parent, if you lose a child, you're allowed to grieve the rest of your life. And my response was like, oh my God, no, my daughter would be so horrified by that, right? So, you know, we're talking about literal deaths. We're talking about mini deaths. We're talking about, you know, just when you got back into JFK and you came back into this like cacophony of like, there's a death of innocence in that, right? There's an innocence that dies being in that environment. It's like, you feel like you have to protect yourself all the time. And so it's like, innocence needs space, to trust and and be present. So I think we have all these deaths all day long that we don't even acknowledge. And each one of them is a chance to reformat ourselves and say, okay, I want to breathe more deeply into this so that I can feel like I'm bigger than whatever this thing is that's feeling like it's taking our energy. There's a million, it's what I call energy stealers a day, you know? And those are like, a conversation that you just had, you know, somebody made a snide remark to you. You just have been working too hard and not eating properly. You're eating junk food. They're doing all these things that steal your energy mm-hmm. from you. And we don't even notice them during the day. And then what we find ourselves doing is holding our breath. And our life and death is all about our breath. When you take your first breath, you're alive. When you take your last breath, you're no longer here. 
we call it dead, right? So as we hold our breath during the day and don't breathe because we're trying to just get through something, you're killing yourself. Okay, so it's like how do you recover from that betrayal of being told that you're only as good as what you are creating and what you're doing as opposed to, no, you are amazing right this moment. And the more that you breathe into you and are with you. I, yesterday, I, just, I was doing some kirtan with a friend of mine, and she just retired from being a school teacher for a gazillion years. And I said, so where are you putting all that fabulous time that you just got? And she said, I'm trying not to direct it. I'm trying to just be with it and see where I'm supposed to be going. And she said, it's such a brave thing. We don't even think about doing this. It's like not even on our radar. But it's really like how we, how we can actually recover from our betrayals of the mantras that we've been given, that you have no self-worth unless you do this, 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 unless you're a doctor, a lawyer, an engine chief, whatever that is in your world, you know. Yeah, it sounds like she was taking a break from the rules. And it's so true. We're so accustomed to, okay, well, this is what we're supposed to do. And this is what we should do. Even to hear, well, you're supposed to grieve for a year for this circumstance. And who decides that? That just sounds bizarre to me. What? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know who's able to, you know, what, what I would imagine is your grieving and how long anything should take has to do with your willingness to move through it and the resources you have available and a whole bunch of other circumstances. Certainly not what a book says is you know what's know. what you're supposed to do or not. That just sounds so crazy. So, you know, you also you, you say something about unearthing your intuition to see the road signs of the future. What do you mean by that? Well, it's we're back to listening to that voice, because as women, we have a way more powerful intuition than men do. And we kind of like have pushed it off into the corner and we don't honor it because we're, we're competing in a man's world and we think that we need to do that as a man, as opposed to realizing that your biggest gift is your intuition. And if you are using that, then your capacity to see, think about if you had, you know, with your height and your depth and your altitude and your attitude and your, you could see in all directions opposed to just doing exactly what we're talking about. Like, okay, the book says this, or my company says this, or this says this. But what if you walked into a meeting or a conference or a, a personal encounter with someone or a client meeting or whatever it is. And instead of, you know, having all your notes and having all this down and being at that, you know, at this pace like this, it's just like the frequency is like so intense. You slowed everything down internally. And there's breaths that can actually help with that because we function on our, in our sympathetic nervous system so much of the time, which is do, 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 until we fall over dead. There's no like consciously going to sleep or consciously being in a conversation with someone or it's just do. And the parasympathetic nervous system is the one that gets you to allow, to relax, to stretch time and space. So I want to show you just one way of breathing that can really help that. And there's about five or six variations of this, but this one's really pretty simple. You take your tongue behind your bottom teeth. So 
like a, uh, it's curled and pushed up against the bottom teeth. And you're just going to breathe through the sides of your mouth on the inhale. So it can be very slurpy sounding or very not. So it's just as long as you can. And then you exhale out your nose. And just let's just do a couple of those together. And, you know, sure. the people that are listening, I'm hoping that you're doing this with this. If you're not driving your car or doing something like that, you can close your eyes so you can experience it. Because I don't want you to believe anything I'm telling you. I want you to have an experience with it. And if you do, then it's yours. If we just tell you something and you get inspired, mm -hmm. in a couple of days, the inspiration's worn off, maybe a week. But if you have tools and you use them, then that's the best. Then you get your own experience. So let's just try this a few times. Just sure. Okay, just. Exhale out the nose and inhale through the sides of the mouth with the tongue pressed against the teeth and just. Again, inhale. And exhale through the nose. It's very calming. Yes. I'm trying not to make uh, slurpy sounds into my microphone. But it's very calming. <laughs> what yeah. do you want to make sure we cover before we wrap it up? You know, whatever question that you have, whatever is on your mind, that's what I want to cover. You know, yes. I really wanted to be sure to introduce you to everybody because I know you have such wonderful tools coming from this incredible place of deep experience and this huge heart. And I know you have so many gifts to share with everybody and we'll have everything in the show notes of where they can find you. But I guess if you could leave everybody with just some parting advice, words, suggestions, insight, what would it be? I think to understand that life moves in cycles. And when you're in the depths of betrayal, you feel like you will never come out. You will never recover. You are just in this hell hole that you don't know how to get out of. And I would suggest that you I mean, now we have tools that we've never had before. We have communities, we have support, you have the capacity to find the people. And I just want to say on these podcasts that Deb is doing, they're really powerful and amazing. Find a person, and it can be her, that you really feel connected to, and then work with them in depth. Get some good tools and realize that you are not going to be here forever. And just breathe into it. You know, there's this old tongling practice that you breathe in all of the pain of the world and you breathe out compassion. But the truth of it is, is you're breathing it. You're not taking it into you. You're taking it through you. Mm. So breathe so you can take this experience through you. It doesn't have to stick in you. Because when it does, you do lose your intuition as well because you get tight and closed down and fearful. I think that's a powerful message. And, and, you know, you said it, the entire purpose of this podcast is to share the incredible healers, experts, and regular people who have just experienced betrayal, have found a way to heal and are sharing their gifts with the world. So I want to thank you so much for contributing your wonderful tools with us. And, and I just can't wait for everybody to just be a part of uh, your, your world and what you have to offer. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you, love. I want to thank Guru Tej so much for being on the podcast. She's been kind enough to share her free empowerment guide, which you can find at gurutej.com. And we'll have her information for you in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast so you can access your gift and stay in touch with her. Here's my biggest takeaway. You're so much stronger than you think. And we often don't tap into that strength unless we're called to, but when we need it, it's always there. If you haven't already, be sure to take the quiz to see if you're struggling with post-betrayal syndrome at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.